they clapped for us. And I was so excited. <laughs> Called our names like we were walking on a red carpet. And I was very excited. I might have cried. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this evening, we have two special guests with us who recently took a family vacation down to Disney World and their first Disney cruise. And so we wanted to have them on to do a bit of a trip report. So let's start by welcoming Julie and Sydney to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. So just to give a little background to our listeners, Julie and Sydney are a mother and daughter from the Seattle area. So let's talk about your Disney background before we jump into the trip report. Julie, why don't you tell us sort of your Disney background and experience? Sure. I don't have an extensive Disney background, to be honest. I wish it was more extensive. But, you know, I suppose having been born and raised in Seattle, I had a typical experience with going to Disney. We had family, actually, who lived in Southern California. And so had the opportunity to drive down with extended family from Seattle and go to Disneyland, I think twice during my childhood, and then would spend time down there and just fell in love with theme parks in general. So going back to Disney as an adult and having my kids experience Disney was something that was very important to me. And how many times have you guys gone to Disney as a family? And I'll include Disney World and Disneyland. Oh, gosh. I know we had been to Disney World twice and Disneyland twice. So probably four times as an entire family. And Sydney, why don't you tell us who went on this trip? So it was me, my stepdad, Patrick, my brother, Leo, and my mom. And why were you guys planning this trip? Was it sort of a a special trip? Was it just a regular family vacation? What was sort of your, your goal with this trip? Yeah. So my mom and I actually try to plan trip every two years, big trips. And this year was special because it was my mom's 50th birthday, my stepdad's 45th birthday, and my mom and my stepdad's 10th anniversary. So there was sort of a lot of things happening all in the same month. And so we decided to go to Disney because that was something we had always wanted to do. And I know in particular, you guys were really looking forward to doing your first Disney cruise. Is that right? Yes. I've always wanted to go on a cruise, the Disney cruise. Had you guys been on any cruises before? So Sydney and I actually went on a cruise with my mom, so three generations of women, when she was about five. And we did a very short Mexican Riviera cruise. And Patrick and I have separately gone on cruises before we met each other many times. I think I had been on four prior cruises, but he had been on probably a similar number of cruises. So we both loved cruising and it had been quite some time since we had been on one and had never been on one together. So it was a natural family vacation for us. And how long was the trip that you guys planned and sort of what what did it sort of encompass? So we wanted to bookend the cruise. I had had some good advice from yourself, Sam, <laughs> planning this cruise to not have it be a vacation where we jumped off the cruise ship and had to fly home. So we went for a total of about 10 days and we had three days of park experience before the cruise. Then we did the four night cruise. And then we had an additional two days at the end of the cruise to go back to parks. Yeah, that's some good advice because <laughs> we had a friend once who told us it's there's nothing sort of worse than you get off the cruise ship and there's that jarring experience of what do you mean this isn't free anymore? I can't just have that bag of chips at the you know, airport. But I, I want to back up for one second. You, you mentioned you'd been on four prior cruises. Which cruise lines had you sailed on? So I sailed on my very first cruise was on Royal Caribbean and that must have been 20 years ago. I sailed on Carnival. That was the one that Sydney and I took together with my mother. And then I sailed on Celebrity. So I guess only three prior cruises. But I went on a cruise with my dad's family about four years ago to Alaska and I was on Princess Cruise Line. Oh, yeah, that's a one that we are looking forward to doing an Alaska cruise, but surprisingly not on Disney. <laughs> we really want to travel out of Seattle. And Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I hope they don't take away our annual pass status. <laughs> Disney won't take away anything you've paid for. <laughs> there you go. So you had three, I think you said theme park days before the tr- the cruise and two theme park days after. Wh- which theme park? 
since we were having the Disney cruise experience, we mostly did Universal. So the three days, including the day we arrived in Orlando prior to the cruise were at Universal and we stayed out there and then did the cruise. We came back and the day that we disembarked, we had one final day at Universal. And then the last day we were in Orlando was devoted to Hollywood Studios. And what was your your planning like? Did you, you know, plan on your own? Did you use a travel agent? How did how did you guys go about planning? We did use a travel agent, which was so weird because I didn't even know that they still existed. But we had always used them for a cruise. I figured it would be easier to leave the planning to somebody else. And I am a very big planner, as is Sydney. So (laughs) it was hard to let go of it. But honest with you, it was the best decision that we made. We use Small World Cruise, I believe. We are subscribers to Mouse Savers. And so I think it was Small World Vacation. So we used them. It was super easy. It was super great. They were very knowledgeable. And I think when we got on board just with the stateroom that we had selected and the locations, everything was exactly as we had expected it and planned. So it was really easy. And did they help plan the whole trip, including the theme park stays? No, we did all of that on our own. Oh, wow. You actually took the harder part of the planning, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, from a Disney trip perspective, because those advanced dining reservations and fast passes and all that stuff are pretty pretty brutal out here on the, the West Coast, actually. Well, and, you know, as we probably discuss this later, we failed at that part of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that later in the show. But I remember when you told me that you hadn't made fast pass reservations and you were quite close to your trip and I almost had a cow on your face. (laughs) Just for our just for our West Coast listeners. So, you know, the setup here for Disney World to book your ADRs and your fast passes, you've got like a it's like a six month window and a 90 month, 90 day window for fast passes, six months for ADRs. And ADR is restaurant reservations. Advanced dining reservations. Yeah. And The worst part about it on the West Coast is that the reservation systems for the Disney World Park open up at 7 a.m. Eastern. So if you want to make your reservations the day they open up, you have to be up at 4 a.m. And in some cases, you have to be up at 4 a.m. in order to do it, because if you want a reservation at Be Our Guest or something like that, those go very quickly. Or you want that fast pass for Flight of Passage. You're not online first thing in the morning trying to get that thing. It may be gone. But on the cruise line, it's the one place where it works out really well because they open their reservation system at midnight, which is nine o'clock here. So you can sit down with cold beer, a glass of wine, and <laughs> leisurely browse through your, your options and book them at a reasonable hours. So you've cruised a bunch of other cruise lines. How'd you land on Disney Cruise Line as the one you wanted to take? And, you know, how'd you go about picking the itinerary? Yeah, those are good questions. Disney was the only cruise line that we hadn't been on. And the reputation that you hear about Disney Cruise Line is just superb. And so it was a no-brainer for us to choose Disney. Sydney is a Disney addict. Can I say that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that happened, but I'm happy that it did. Um, And we wanted to make sure that it was a family friendly trip. Mm -hmm. We knew that we wanted to spend time at the theme parks. And so having Disney be part of that overall theme park experience just made sense to us. Mm -hmm. And I think because Patrick and I had been on some other cruise lines, you know, we didn't want an experience where there was a big casino in the middle of the ship Mm -hmm. or, you know, where the excursions were jump on this booze cruise and drink rum punch for five hours straight. Not that that's not fun, but it probably wouldn't have been as fun for our son, Leo, who's eight and for Sydney either. So it was a really easy decision to do Disney cruise. That's a good point. I mean, you know, Leo being eight, Sydney being 16, Disney can sort of hit both demographics really well, as well as cater to the parents. Yes, definitely. And then why did you choose that specific itinerary? Well, we originally wanted to match up the cruise with the Disney Princess half marathon weekend because my mom's a runner and I like the medals. So (laughs) I knew what we wanted to do, but then it didn't really work out with my midwinter break or Leo's midwinter break. And so then we sort of had to change it around. So I think we were a week early 
Yeah, I think the Princess weekend, well, at least the half marathon, which is what I would have run, was the Sunday and before the Sunday after we left. We left on Saturday. So we missed it by a day. Like Sydney said, it just kind of worked with timing. And to be honest, we were trying to avoid spring break, which was later this year in April, just for crowds. I mean, not that the boats aren't ever at full capacity. I think as far as theme parks was concerned, we were hoping to avoid more of the crowds. And to be honest, it costs less to go when we went. That's a good point. It's a good consideration. I mean, March and April have a lot of spring break folks from both the East and the West Coast. And so those prices, I think, do shoot up. Yeah, the shoulder season is definitely a way to save some money on the Disney cruises, which are notoriously expensive and they never really offer deals. So yeah, I wish somebody could do something about that. <laughs> well, it's a supply and demand problem. So either either they have to get so bad, no one wants to sail on them or they just have to get more ships, which they're working on. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, more ships. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yay, more ships. Okay, so you, you landed on the cruise itinerary that you wanted when you were going ship. Like, what were you most excited about in advance of the cruise? Like, what after you did all the work and sort of picked your ship and picked your cruise, like, what, what was most exciting about it? Gosh, you know, that seems like it's a simple question. And I can't pinpoint anything other than we were just looking forward to being on the cruise ship. I love the ships just in general, everything there is to do. We like the idea of having, you know, the movies available, the great food. One of my favorite cruise activities is to just be on the boat. And so like the idea of just having the day at sea, even though it was such a short itinerary. So just getting to experience it all and take in the ship. I mean, that's not anything super specific, but Sydney, do you have anything that you were looking forward to? I mean, I am one of those people that even before we started playing this cruise, I would go through the Disney cruise website and pick out like different cruises and how much it would be and all that stuff, which is sort of planning. But I would do all that because literally the best thing I could do to get as close to Disney. And so when I sort of figured out that we were actually going on the cruise, I kind of freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I just delved more into like planning crazy amounts of things I didn't even know that we were going to do. And so when I was actually there, I think I was sort of in shock. (laughs) So I don't I don't know. I think I just planned too much, but I was looking forward to everything. And I was like, there's going to be so much Disney stuff. Like we're going on a cruise. There's going to be Mickey Mouse prints on the floor. Like I (laughs) I was sort of just crazy motivated by it. <laughs> what resources did you use? Like what did, did, you know, there's lots of stuff out there. Did uh, beyond the Disney Cruise Line website, did you, did you use any other sort of uh, websites or books or anything like that? Well, the websites. And then I used the Disney Parks blog, the Oh My Disney blog, I think the Disney Mom blog, mm-hmm. going through Reddit a lot <laughs> <laughs> and YouTube videos of people doing vlogs and stuff when they're on there. And then mostly just trying to find the Disney cruise shops and being like, I need this piece of merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so that, that's what I did. But so Sydney was looking forward to shopping. I even think I know what her favorite souvenir is, but we'll talk about that later in the show. Let's back up for a second, because I think it's also let's start more at the beginning of your trip for one second. How did you get from Universal out to Port Canaveral? Did you just did you just use a lift again? Or? Yep, super easy. Everything was on time. It was super easy. He even stopped right before we got to the port and let us buy some sunscreen. And it was very affordable. And, and what time did you guys get to the port? About 11.30 in the morning. And how did the check-in process go for you? That was so easy. It was, oh my gosh. After... Waiting in so many lines for other cruises and stuff, actually being able to just walk up and basically go through. Because we didn't wait on the outside. There were a bunch of people waiting on the outside, but one of the security guards was like, go through the garage and then go up and around. And so we just did that. And the line was much shorter. And we got right into the terminal part where all the check-ins were. And then the another lady let us go into a different line for people who had return to Disney cruises. So we were sort of like, yeah, <laughs> we had some cool backpacks that somebody yes. loaned us to make us look like pros. Thanks, Sam. Yes. <laughs> were you able to just board right away? You didn't have to wait for a boarding group to get called? No, no, we just got right on. So you walk on to it. So you've, you've had the experience of walking on other ships. So uh, I think walking aboard a Disney ship is a little unique. So how was it boarding the ship for the first time? What were your first impressions? They clapped for us. And I was so excited. I called our names like we were walking on a red carpet. And I was very excited. I might have cried. But um, <laughs> no, it was, you get to walk through these huge Mickey ears. And oh my gosh, I was like, Disney, you about done yourself so, mm, 
I was so happy. Oh my gosh. And what were your first impressions of the ship? Yeah, it was, it's beautiful. The main atrium is just gorgeous. I mean, the gold and you see all of the Mickeys. It's very spacious. I think Leo was probably the one who was the most surprised. I know you have, your son is about the similar age as Leo is. And, you know, I don't think he really kind of understood what it was going to be about. And he walked in and he was just like, it's Whoa. a castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite big and the atrium is quite grand. So, yeah. So, okay. So you, you board the ship. What did you, what was the first thing you guys did? Or where, where'd you head? We ate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ate. So, yeah, I don't remember the names, to be honest, but it's the main... Is it Cabana's, the, the buffet, or did you go to one of the sit-down restaurants? No, no, no. It was the buffet. Yeah, it was the buffet. And we found a spot outside on the deck near the pool, so that was nice. And that scene, I don't know if you're going to ask this question, but that scene was a little chaotic, to be honest. Yeah, it was a little overwhelming. I think Leo, though, when I brought him a plate of chicken strips and fries, he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's the tip. If you want to miss the hecticness of cabanas on the first day, you can go get a lot of the food that they offer at cabanas in sort of a more sit down style lunch. But it's not everything. I I I prefer even with the hecticness to go to cabanas. I think it's it's way yeah, better. But the, I agree. Yeah. I like the food variety better at cabanas, and it still it makes me feel like we're on Disney cruise. I actually it's it's the chicken strips. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier that you, you actually, you were actually pretty deliberate in picking your stateroom or working with your travel agent to pick your stateroom. So once they opened up, once they roped, dropped the staterooms and you headed to your stateroom, what kind of stateroom did you get? Where were you on the ship? And what were your first impressions of the, uh, the stateroom? We had a veranda and I think we were in, we were basically in mid shift, but more towards the app. Yes. And okay. So we were in this hotel room from Universal at the beginning. And the stateroom that we were in for the cruise literally was bigger than the room that we had at Universal. <laughs> wow. It amazed me. And I was just like, what the heck? They make these on cruise ships? And we had the balcony and it was, it blew my mind. I was like, what the heck? They yeah. can this on a cruise ship? So, yeah, our room was really nice. You're on the starboard. If 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 you were on the rooms at Sea Castaway Key when you're docked in Castaway Key, then you're on the starboard side. Okay, so that's the side we were on, and our priority was just to have a private veranda and a comfortable place for Patrick and I to have a little separation. So our stateroom definitely satisfied all of that. I was really impressed, like Sydney said, when we got in there about the size of it. Mm -hmm. My prior cruises, I have not ever cruised with a veranda before, but I don't think I would do it any other way. Was it comfortable for so the four of you? Did you did you find it to be comfortable for all four of you to be in the room? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially and I think that's where the veranda comes in handy too, because you could have somebody sitting outside, somebody sitting on the couch, the bed was available. We did not feel like we were cramped in there at all. And the other thing that I noticed going back to just size and amenities in the stateroom was there was room for all of us to put all of our clothes away, which mm-hmm. sounds like something that is simple, but I hadn't experienced that before. Everybody had plenty of space and closet space. And so it was really top notch. Yeah, it's it's something Disney's known for is providing a lot of storage. And they were also one of the first, I think, maybe not one of the first, but the, the raised bed where you can slide all of your luggage underneath. So it's not taking up space in the stateroom in your closets and that sort of stuff. I mean, they're really I think they are really good with storage. So, so Sydney, who got the uh, who got the drop down bed from the ceiling? Oh, my goodness. This. Mm, this <laughs> Uh, okay, so we got into a huge fight, my brother and I. Leo got very upset, and I, being a good big sister, I was like, okay, fine, we'll trade off night. And so, Sydney, I'm also curious, because you're the, the you're the first teenage guest we've had on, and we're, so we're really interested in hearing your experience. So how comfortable were those, uh, were those beds for you? I mean, I slept very nicely. I like the feeling of being on a cruise. It's sort of fun, because you can feel the boat moving. I mean, that put me to sleep, which is actually saying something because I do not sleep well. But no, I really, really like the bed. I think it's sort of fun because I mean, I'm a teenager, but it's nice because you sort of get that adventure feel like, oh, I guess he's on the top bunk <laughs> like that. And then it was also nice because I had the railing too. Mm-hmm. So you're not falling out of that. 
And so I, I just, I thought it was really nice. So I, I, I do want to hit up sort of ports and family activities you did on board the ship. But before we get there, I just want to keep this thread around um, sort of Sydney. What what was it like for you? So you got to experience probably the teens club, which is the vibe, I believe. You're going to be so disappointed because I, I did not. I am. Oh, my gosh. I'm such a big Disney fan, but I do not like sort of hanging out with other people my age. And it's so bad. I know. I'm going to college in a year and I should figure it out. So I was honestly going around the ship looking for characters. I was like, okay, Belle's going to be here at this time. I must be there at this time to go and see her. And so I didn't really go up to the kids club. My brother didn't go to the little kids club either. So we sort of found more interest in, you know, walking around the ship, getting Mickey bars from room service. (laughs) So no, I didn't go to the teens club. And honestly, there weren't that many teenagers on the boat, which I really appreciated because it was sort of fun. I love that. I hate kids. (laughs) But I I really appreciate it because I didn't feel any expectations to sort of be like, oh, I'm a teenager. I have to be better than Disney or whatever. Like I could honestly be a little kid. So that was nice. So what kind of stuff did you guys do as a family on the ship? Were there activities that you looked forward to? Yeah, what were some of the highlights? So... I will continue in the this might be disappointing theme. We we didn't do a lot and it's hard in four days, but we didn't do a lot of like the Mickey's Detective, those types of things. So our typical day was getting up, having breakfast, whatever that might be, and then going out to the pool deck and watching whatever movie was being shown. Mm-hmm you know, mini golf, mini golf, playing foosball. We actually bought a foosball table when we got home because <laughs> oh, nice. we were having some pretty intense foosball tournaments up on the deck. So, you know, as far as being on the cruise ship and that experience, we did pretty typical outside stuff. Yeah, we we just kind of were pretty mellow. We didn't try to have a set agenda. We all just kind of hung out together. And, and did you get a chance to check out any of the shows on board? Yes, we went to the Beauty and the Beast um, on the second night, which was amazing because, I mean, I watched the live action movie a couple of times and then the classic one. And I know they didn't include everything from the live action, but it was like the perfect mix of both of them. And they kept it at one hour, which I love because then my brother didn't get all squirmy and stuff at the end of it. And I could actually enjoy it. And it was beautiful. The actresses were amazing. The actors were amazing. The set was gorgeous. I thought it was so cool they could do that on a cruise ship. Yeah, I think the Beauty and the Beast show is one of the best ones. And now, did, did uh, Julie, did you get to check out, you and your husband get to check out any of the, uh, like the adult areas of the ship? We did. We didn't spend much time there. You know, we did sign up for like beverage tastings and Patrick and I definitely did some walking around without the kids. But most of what we did was as a family. Did you guys do any of the adults only shows? We didn't. So disappointing. I know you're going to maybe decide not to have us on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not at all. No, no, we didn't. We, I have to tell you, yeah, we just, we didn't. Yeah. Well, it's a long day if you're getting up early, even if, you know, even without going to sort of the late night things, it's, it's quite a long day. And if you're doing a a shorter cruise, it's really hard to pack it all in. It is. Definitely. But do you remember your rule? You guys had a rule that we had to leave you alone for like two hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I want to hear about the rule. So what were you guys doing? And I want to know then to Sydney, what were you and Leo doing? So usually it involved a lot of arguing about what we were going to do. I usually didn't win. And so most times we would stay in the room and we would pick a movie that we hadn't watched on the Disney thing. And we'd watch that, order a bunch of Mickey bars. <laughs> okay, and they come in two, which we like, they come in pairs, which we didn't know. So we were like, oh yeah, we'll get like three and something. And then six of them came. We were like, oh, well, I mean, so it was a lot of fighting Mickey bars. <laughs> and then sometimes Leo would, you know, want to just relax. And then that's when I would go and scout out all the shops. And what about you and Patrick, Julie? We, you know, we didn't have any set plan. We definitely would, 
we had two adult beverage tastings that we did. Sorry, which ones did you do? So we did a martini tasting and then we did one that was just classic cocktails. And so I know there was a margarita, there was, I believe, a Mai Tai, there were some other classic drinks. And not that we needed to necessarily go out the cocktails, but it was kind of fun to hang out with other people who had also reserved maybe an hour or two to be away from their family. Yeah, I've heard good things about them. We just haven't, you know, it's sort of to your point, it's hard to pack in because with the port days and the and the ship days, you know, you don't have a, as much time on ship as you might want. All right. So we have not yet talked about the most important aspect of the cruise, which is the food. The food, dining. So how did you find the rotational dining experience, the food, you know, any favorite uh, favorite food items, you know, and, and the restaurants? Like, How did you find them? So... Love the rotational dining. Yes. I thought that was really great. Definitely made it more exciting to just go down to dinner in general. The food was good. I didn't find it. You didn't find it amazing. I liked it. I really did like it. I liked it. I didn't see, I felt like one of the things that I had heard before going on the Disney food was that the food was amazing. And I thought the food was good. I didn't think it was amazing. I don't know if food is necessarily my priority. So I may not be the best judge of that. But I love the rotational dining. Unfortunately for Patrick and I, I think everybody agrees that Animator's Palette is the restaurant that's the most fun and the most unique. And that was the night that he and I went to Palo's for dinner, which was fantastic. Absolutely delicious. I mean, that was my favorite meal because they had this soup and it was, oh my gosh, it was cheese, potato and bacon. And honestly, it was just the creamiest, the most delicious thing I've ever tasted. So sad that I had it on the last day because I know that you can ask for things like it from other menus. And so I was so sad because I really liked that soup and I only got to have it once. And which, which restaurant did you guys hit twice? Royal Palace. So we had the Pirate Night in the Royal Palace and then the regular menu in the Royal Palace. Which theming did you have in uh, Animator's Palette? Was it the drawing one? No, it was... Well, okay, because I'm the biggest Nemo fan because that was what I grew up watching. That was my film, right? Well, yeah. And so I loved it. I was like, there's Crush and Nemo. And, and like, why is there so much going on? And it was just great. I really liked it. It's a really fun one. And two other comments about dining, you know, setting aside the food, the service is impeccable. I feel like in general, cruises are service oriented and service is usually pretty darn good, but it was impeccable. Our waiter, Mali, he did magic at our table. Nice. And Leo and him were just best buddies. The only thing that was weird about dining, though, was we were paired up with another family. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious how often that happens, because that wasn't something that we expected. It is very typical. You can ask ahead of time. You have to put in the request to to be seated separately if you want to be seated separately. And usually, not always, but usually, usually they will honor your request. It's just a matter of whether or not they have the space. Tell us, how did you like Paolo? What was that experience like for you? Paolo was amazing. I couldn't speak more highly of Paolo. The service, of course, was amazing. The food was delicious. You know, we had, gosh, typical menu. We had an appetizer. They passed a few hors d'oeuvres for the tables that were sitting close to us. You know, we had a pasta dish and then I think some kind of fish dish. Did you have the Dover sole? We did not. And now I feel like I need to go back. (laughs) We were definitely looking around to see what other people had ordered. I know we had scallops and then I can't remember what we had. All I remember is we had a pasta dish, we had some scallops and it was delicious. Did you have a souffle? We did have a souffle. Did you have the chocolate or the, or the amaretto? Chocolate. They're kind of famous for that. And did you, what, how, what did you think? Oh, it's delicious. D- now, did this cruise have a pirate night on it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And, how, and what did you guys think of pirate night and uh, fireworks and that sort of stuff? We prepared for pirate night about a year in advance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We brought all of our pirate costumes and we were so ready. Leo had the pirate makeover and he loved that. He had his own little beard and mustache and... 
an eye patch and a sword. So he really loved that. Well, and I just have to say one of Sydney's favorite movies of all time oh is the whole Pirates of the Caribbean series. So, you know, to go and take a photo shot with uh, a Captain photo- Jack was yes. amazing. I, oh my gosh, I was so, he didn't look like Johnny Depp, but still it was <laughs> and so I was very excited. And so we did the whole on deck pirate dance and that was really fun. Yeah, it was nice because we sort of fit in with everything that was going on. And I was like, yeah, this is great. We get to dress up and walk around like pirates. What did you guys think of the fireworks? The fireworks were amazing. So this was something that our travel agent really hooked us up with. So not only did we have an awesome stateroom, but she had said, you know, I'm going to put you guys in a place where you can see the fireworks. So pirate night was kind of a long night for us. Sydney and I had gotten up early that morning to do the Castaway K 5K. And so we we didn't stay up on the deck for fireworks. So we went down to our cabin and right outside of our deck, you could see the whole fireworks display. Now, yeah. the, the pirate makeover you just alluded to, is that through the Bibbidi Boppity Boutique? Yes, yes, it was. Julie, why don't you tell us about that experience then? He was really reluctant to do it, but Patrick took him down there. He looked amazing. And from what I understand, they talked to him like he was a pirate. And so they had a whole pirate dialogue going along. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just somebody who worked in the salon who was doing hair and makeup. They were all in character. And so he thought it was pretty amazing. And the detail of his makeover was just really out of this world. Sydney had, had alluded to the little pops for his beard and, you know, his eyeliner and everything. His eyeliner, his eyeliner. Yes, he loved it. So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was just um, the ports. You had a port stop in, or port day in Nassau. Did you guys get off the ship? We went to the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. Oh, nice. And I, I was kind of nervous because it was sort of cloudy over the cruise ship. And I was like, oh, really want it to be sunny when we go and see the Blue Lagoon and the dolphins and stuff. But then when we got on the boat and went out there, it was beautiful. It was hot and sunny and the dolphins were gorgeous. Yeah, it was great because Castaway Key is just amazing. But this was another opportunity to just have a beach day. And Sid and I actually walked around Nassau and we had lunch at a little Bahamian restaurant. And then we walked to a chocolate factory. And I can't remember the name, but it was was so good. Yeah, it was good. And they think they have a winery there, too, because we bought wine there and we bought chocolate there. And so we took a nice little walk through town. Well, you alluded earlier to typically the most fabulous port on any Disney cruise to the Caribbean or the Bahamas, which is Castaway Key. First time visiting Castaway Key for you guys. So what did you think of Castaway Key? I mean, well, mom and I woke up extremely early in the morning to go do the 5K, our run Disney experience, which I've been waiting for for so long. And that was beautiful, right? Yeah, I'm really glad we did that. It was nice to get off and be on Castaway Key before bulk of the cruise ship came and joined us. So that was that was really cool. It's amazing. It's not a one day experience. Leo and Patrick rented snorkeling gear and did a snorkeling experience. Sydney had her hair braided, which was cool. Although I think she would say the same thing. It took so long. It's just because of my hair. My hair right. is extremely thick. So. so that took up about two and a half hours. Of- oh my oh. God. <laughs> Yeah, it was really long. Uh But, you know, for as crowded as it is, because I assume most people disembark, it didn't feel claustrophobic or stuffy. There's enough space for everybody. I know, Sam, you had told me that ahead of time. It was it was great. It was nice to be on the beach. Before we have to say goodbye to the cruise ship, any favorite memories, things that really stood out from your time on the dream that you uh, you really liked? Fireworks was really cool. I really liked the fireworks. And I liked the 5K. Yeah, I think for me, it was just the Castaway Key experience. I thought Sid was going to say shopping, but that's a whole, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> shopping is just an experience. I don't like shopping. I like Disney shopping, though. So we get back to Port Canaveral. How was disembarkation? Yeah, as easy as it was getting on, believe it or not. And we took an Uber back to Universal. We were staying one more night at the Universal Resort. And super easy. Got a car in about 10 minutes and made it back. Dropped off our stuff and went to the theme park. We were in in the park by 11. So Before we head into the theme parks, we've got a couple of questions we're going to ask you about some of your theme park experience from your trip. Julie, you mentioned the cruise lines you'd sailed on, Sydney 
obviously you've been on a different cruise line. So, you know, let me just ask one question, which is how did you find Disney to compare to the other cruise lines you've been on? And would you go back? We have different opinions, so you can go first. <laughs> yes. I thought it exceeded my prior experiences in a lot of different ways. Just the ship experience itself was my most favorite experience. I think Disney attracts a different type of cruiser than some of the other ones, which was why we chose Disney. We didn't want an experience that was filled with you know, more kind of partiers, younger people. We are getting older, unfortunately. But we didn't want one that was stuffy where people had to dress a certain way. And so this kind of just fits the bill. I would, as far as onboard experience and just the amenities and overall cruising experience, I think Disney was definitely my favorite. I don't know if I would go back again, though, to be honest with you. There were a few things that I didn't like, and one was just the pool experience. Mm -hmm. That was a real bummer for both Patrick and I. I love the movies, and I could get sucked into watching a Disney movie um, like anyone else. But I didn't feel like as an adult, there was really a place for us to be in the pool other than the adult pool. To totally agree. Yeah. And because we were doing things mostly as a family, it was a challenging kind of situation. Like Patrick and I never got in the pool. Other than that, that was that was the main thing. But other than that, I think the experience was probably my favorite experience. Well, actually, most of the stuff that you said before not going back is true because I would definitely go on another cruise. I don't know if I would go to the Bahamas again. I kind of want to experience the other ships and, you know, find the differences and do all of that stuff more on just like a Disney fanatic fan base. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I sort of felt like I could go back and be a kid. And that's what Disney does to me. I think what you guys need to do is you need to do a seven night on the fantasy Eastern Caribbean and you get all your swimming in at the ports. And I, I tell you that because the I think swimming on cruise ships in general is just not well, I was gonna say it's, really a thing. Well, it's, <laughs> the pools it, are too small. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're keying into one of the complaints we hear. The problem is if you're a family, you're pointing out the right thing, which is it's kid soup in the pool is how I've heard it described. And so you're not really going to go in as an adult. The adult pools, I'll actually say, are pretty nice. And it's usually people just lounging. Like I've sat in the pool and read a book or had a drink. And there's actually another pool up front on the Dream Class ships at Satellite Falls for adults that you can go sit in. And so it's, it's not swimming so much as sort of, you know, lounging in the pool. But I do think the port experiences in the Eastern Western Caribbean ports are going to have some really nice beaches. And so you can get off the ship for the day and go sit at the beach for hours and really be in the water and enjoy it. But it is tough if you're a family and you're an adult who wants to use the pool, it's going to be really tough. If you're adults only, I think you've got sort of more options on the adult side of the ship, but yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why I think you need a longer cruise where you've got some, you've got like four port days and they're all sort of beach kind of ports where you'll get to do your or swimming on land. A port day where you stay on the ship, pool's empty. Oh yeah, that's a good that's another good point. The other the other way to do it, yeah, is to yeah. spend one of the port days on the ship. Yeah. Well I did want to quickly quickly ask about you had two experiences we wanted to ask about in the theme parks. So one of the experiences I wanted to ask you about was you got to ride Rise of the Resistance for the first time at Disney World. And so I'm curious, uh, talking off fair, I think, before the show, and you mentioned you had kind of a kind of a kind of an experience there. And so <laughs> kind of a messy experience. Yeah, what were your impressions of Rise of the Resistance? Yes, we were able to ride Rise of the Resistance. It was definitely a messy experience. I would say we definitely had a theme park fail that day. But as it relates to Rise of the Resistance, we had, I think what was a typical morning, got to the park super early as you need to do so that you can go inside and jam the frequencies and try to get a spot, right? Mm -hmm. So we did that. Patrick was able to get us a spot and it was number 87, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. And so we were not too confident we were going to be able to get on the ride. Long story short, things started moving along. And so by about two or three, they had moved to about number 50 or something. And so we're like, okay, I think we're going to be able to ride this ride tonight. And so we got to about number 70. And then we made our way over to Galaxy's Edge because the numbers seemed to be moving through pretty rapidly. And we're like, okay, I think in about you know half an hour, we're going to be able to get on this ride. 
So when they were about five numbers away from our boarding group, the ride shut down. And so, you know, you can just feel the tension in the area of everybody who has been sitting in the park waiting to ride this ride. And when I say sitting in the park, you've been there since 6 a.m. And now it's approaching 6 Mm p.m. And so, and this was after a day, because you can tell when you're watching the boarding groups that the ride has probably broken down at this point because the numbers stopped moving. And so we knew that there had been multiple shutdowns during the day. So we were finally getting excited and it shut down and it took at least another hour and a half for the numbers to start moving again. Mm -hmm. And poor Leo, I must say, all he wanted to do was go to the swimming pool that day. We should have just let him go back to the hotel and swim and kept our eye on it. But we were confident we were going to get on. Eventually, when we were about five minutes away from calling it a day, they started moving through numbers again. So we got in queue, our boarding group was called. And then, you know, it takes about 45 minutes to get through the actual line once you get in there. Yep. Got through the experience, got up to... So we went through the two videos, the one with Ray, and then the one where it's like you're in a ship, like the cargo loading ship. Yep. It was amazing. I cried when Ray came out. I <laughs> Well, I, she, um, but I, and then we walked past the stormtroopers and the first order. And then we were in that spot where it's like, you're in detention. You're in like the holding cell basically. And that's, yeah, that's when it it happened. We were about 10 people back. They had actually started taking groups in for interrogation and the ride shut down again. So it was about... It was about as big of a heartbreaker as we it was, <laughs> had. Yes. And yeah, so it was about, I mean, I think the park closed at nine o'clock no, that night. It, it's closed at eight. Okay. So the park closed at eight and it was after eight when we're finally up to this point, the ride closed down again and somebody came on the loudspeaker and said, Hey, you know, we're sorry, but we're shutting it down. Mm. And it was pandemonium at that point. People lost their mind. And it was really kind of a trying evening. I got to tell you, though, they were great. They brought out potato chips and water and cookies and granola (laughs) bars. People were sitting down. We actually talked with one of the ride attendants who was, of course, in character and you know, said, what what's going to happen here? Of course, they didn't know. But I was more thinking, hey, can we get a fast pass for the next time we come? And he's like, we can give you a fast pass for tomorrow. Like, we have a 7am flight. We're not going to go tomorrow. So yeah. so eventually, after about another 45 minutes, they started boarding people back on. And so we got through the interrogation room, and we were able to ride the ride. But it was really disappointing. And it left a bad taste, I think, in our mouths about the ride. So the other ride experience, though, that you got to have on this vacation was at Universal, and that's Hagrid's. And so just curious about your reviews of that ride before we head over to our rapid fire round. Okay, well, disclaimer, I am the biggest Harry Potter fan. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was my childhood, it is my now, it is my future. (laughs) This ride, I, okay, well, first of all, I went on the Dragon Challenge ride, which it replaced. Mm -hmm. And that was my favorite ride in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to start with, because it was the bigger ride, it like rivaled the Hulk. And so I was very excited about that. And when they built this new ride, you know, I don't know. I was kind of skeptical. They called it Hagrid's motorcycle ride. I was like, okay, well, it seems sort of cool. But then as they built it up and like watching videos of the actors go on it, like Tom Felton and Daniel Radcliffe, and mm-hmm. then they had fun, I was like, okay, well, it has to be good now. <laughs> and so we got to go on it twice or three times. We went on it three, three times. times. Yeah. Wow. So we had to go on it three times. Every single time was an amazing experience. And the first time we woke up super early in the morning, we got, we ran to the ride. I have video of us just running (laughs) and the line was extremely short. We got straight on and the ride blew my mind. It's the most amazing ride I think I've ever been on since California Screamin' and Space Mountain. I was just so amazed. I mean, the way that they're able to slow down the ride and then go extremely fast and then the drops and I mean, just seeing all of the things from the movie, like the creatures Mm -hmm. and the characters, 
And then even in the line, I think that's a great thing that the wizarding world does is they keep you interested when you're in line too. Mm -hmm. Like you're walking through the castle or you're walking through the forbidden forest or something. And so that experience was so cool. So, so, so cool. (laughs) I would agree with Sydney a hundred percent. And I am the person in the family that doesn't do the rides. I will never go on the Incredicoaster as Sydney will still demand we call it California screaming. (laughs) I'm not doing a Tower of Terror or anything like that. So this was kind of pushing the limits for me for a ride. I never went on the Dragon Challenge. Amazing. It was absolutely so much fun. It's fast. It's fun. It's kind of like a classic theme park ride, I think, in that, you know, it's got a roller coaster style and it's got this drop, but it was just, it's just fun is what I want to say. So now we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit and go to our rapid fire. This is just going to be your favorites. And so there are no wrong answers unless we don't like your answer and then it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your favorite Disney park? Sydney, why don't you kick it off? Um, okay, well, definitely Disneyland Park, not the venture part, but just Disneyland, classic Disney. Okay, Julie, what's your favorite? I'm going to say the same, Disneyland Park. Favorite land. Now, this could be, it doesn't have to be in Disneyland Park. It be, could be across any of the parks. What is your favorite individual land? Tomorrowland. Yeah, hands down. This is a hard one. I am back and forth between Tomorrowland and Frontierland, but I'm going to stay with Frontierland. Okay, favorite classic ride or attraction? Space Mountain. <laughs> Space Mountain. Nice. <laughs> which which one? Disney World or Disneyland? Disneyland. Yes. Disneyland. Yeah. That is the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is very particular about this. Oh, yeah. Favorite modern ride or attraction? Okay, well, I'll say California Screamin', although we were talking about this yesterday, and I might have to switch it to Radiator Springs Racers. What about you, Julie? Well, mine is Radiator Springs Racers, which is why she switched it because I said, duh, it's Radiator Springs Racers. And she's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, but the Incredicoaster, formerly known as uh, California Screaming, is a great roller coaster. So, okay. Favorite Disney snack? Churros. Agreed. Churros. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite rotational dining restaurant on the Disney Cruise Line? The Animator's Palette. Do I get to include Paolo's? No, because it's not a rotational dining. <laughs> oh, we can let her have Paolo. We can let her I have I would agree with Sydney, even though I didn't eat there. Just the experience with the animator's palate then. Favorite- there are no wrong answers, remember, Sam? <laughs> True. <laughs> Favorite onboard food that you had on the cruise? The soft serve that I only found out about on the last day. And I have five cones of them. And I was so sad. But <laughs> it's definitely the soft serve. Although if I could say candy store in general, that would be my answer. Okay. Favorite part of the ship? The atrium mid deck, that whole section where the shopping is and the sense of shopping oriented, <laughs> but where the big staircases are. It's beautiful. And it's kind of the hub of the ship with, you know, some of the character experiences and all that stuff happening there. What about you, Julie? I have an indoor and an outdoor. So indoor is going to be probably the theater I thought was really pretty. And outdoor, I would say the sports court area. Mm-hmm. It was less crowded and seemed to just kind of have this open aired aspect to it that I like. Favorite activity that you did on the ship? Probably foosball. I really, really like foosball. It was very competitive. I like <laughs> awesome. So the sitting on the deck watching Tangled count? Yes. Okay, that was mine. Now, this is a really important one. Favorite souvenir from the trip? Well, I discovered spirit jerseys on this cruise. <laughs> and that has become my life. But I have to say, I got a pair of Minnie Mouse ears that are themed towards the cruise. So I, I really, I love those. I had a feeling you were going to pick those ears, Sydney. Because I, I remember just the other day, we were on a, a Skype call, your mom and I and a few other people. And you came on screen for a second and you were wearing those Disney Cruise Line ears. I was very impressed. Yes, I I know. I'm like, they make me happy. I'm just going to wear them. <laughs> she pulls those out and just wears them once a week. Yeah, so. yeah. those are classic ones. So. I, I say live your best life. Wear them. Did you get to meet Captain Minnie? No, I didn't. I only got to meet Captain. I only got to meet Mickey. And oh my gosh, I was so sad because I love Minnie Mouse. She's one of my favorite classic Disney characters. So yeah, I want to start, I, I want to start a campaign for hashtag make, make Minnie an admiral. Cause she does all the work. <laughs> we, we love her in her captain uniform. We, we think that's the, the best outfit she has on the, on the ship is, is that captain uniform. Yes. 
totally. Okay. What about you, Julie? Favorite souvenir? So my favorite souvenir is the same as pretty much any vacation. It's my ornament that I bought. So one of the things that we do is buy ornaments from any vacation that we go on and put them on our tree. And so I was super excited Mm -hmm. to get my DCL ornament. Nice. Okay, a memorable moment. So memorable moment for each of you. Uh, Let's call it a a Disney memorable moment. Mine would be the 5k with Sid. That was really fun. It was a great way to start the day. I yeah, no, the 5k. I really like that. Yeah, that's an awesome mother-daughter activity as well. And leave the boys on the on the ship to sleep in a little bit and, you know, get your exercise in before you start that full day on the beach. Yeah. Other than that, it would be the close second was going to be pirate night. Well, thanks, you guys. This was super fun. We want to thank Julie and Sydney for being guests on our show this evening and for talking to us about their Disney Cruise Line and Hollywood Studios experience with a little bit of Universal mixed in. So thanks, you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. This was super exciting. And we can't wait to have our next Disney experience and talk to you guys again. I really want to thank Julie and Sydney for coming on the show and just sharing their experience with us. It's always great to hear, you know, a first time experience on Disney Cruise Line. They had their ups and downs, although it sounds like Sydney is a pretty passionate Disney fan and is itching to get back aboard a ship. I, I do think if they gave uh, the fantasy a try, it might cure some of the issues that they had, especially on a longer cruise. So I think that it sounds like they had a great trip. They had a lot of fun and, you know, I hope they'll get back on board and we'll have them back on to talk about it if they do. So with that, I wanted to read one of our five star reviews on the air. We have a new one this week. It comes from Tom Sands, who writes a wonderful Disney Cruise Line podcast. I recently found the DCL Duo podcast and have found it extremely entertaining. In addition to the excellent content and discussion, I find that their vocal presentation to be extremely pleasant. They treat their guests so kindly, never interrupting, but keeping the discussion on point and moving along so it's always interesting. I expect that anyone with interest in this topic to really enjoy this podcast. Well, thank you, Tom. We appreciate it. We do try to have good guests on and we do try to treat them well because our guests make this show. That is our goal is to make our guests shine. Glad you're listening. Thanks for the feedback. Really appreciate it. It keeps us going. With that, I do want to say that we are doing a giveaway. So head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us one of these five-star written reviews like Tom did through the end of August, and you will be entered to win both volumes of Cleaning the Kingdom. Head over there, leave us that five-star review, and you'll be entered to win those books. With that, I want to say thanks for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please do head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review five-star written review is super helpful if you're enjoying the show so that others can find our content. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. A few of you have been doing that. We've had you on, so looking forward to hearing from more of you out there. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Uh, We've got the DCL 101 series going up right now. First episode is out, more to come. So head over there, like and subscribe that channel so that you keep getting that content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.